Hey, Joshua Segafis here. On this podcast, I teach men and women how to increase their attraction, level up their dating game, and embrace the alpha mentality. If you're sick of a dating or relationship life that sucks, stick around. This is exactly where you want to be. Hello, ladies and gentlemen, Joshua Segafis here. Listen, I just opened up my new mastermind tribe, an exclusive community where alpha-minded men and women can get the individualized coaching and guidance they need to truly level up their dating game and embrace the alpha mentality. Find it at joshuasegafis.com forward slash mastermind tribe or check below. You should find a link in the comments. It's free for the first month. And if you believe in anything I say or talk about, this is the ultimate mastermind tribe for you. Go sign up. I'll see you there and we'll crush it together. Now let's get on to today's episode. All right. Hello, ladies and gentlemen. I'm trying a, a Facebook Live recording because it is a much easier way maybe to record YouTube videos while I'm walking. It is very late. I am out walking in the, uh, in the cold in the dark. It's very nice. Kind of on a break from work. Got doing an all-nighter tonight. Getting a lot of work done before the holidays. Uh, and I want to talk about making it as a man in this world. So I talk about this a lot in a lot of different ways. I think that this is a topic that is not talked about enough in our world. I think that a lot of men are very lost and I think a lot of men are struggling with what it means to find success and find happiness and find fulfillment. How to just, you know, make it work. How to just make it work. Uh, so, to, um, to preface this, I should say that the reason I talk about these things is not because I'm an expert necessarily at having the perfect life. God knows that I have not lived a perfect life. And I learn very hard lessons all the time. That is an absolutely true fact. However, I've put a great deal of time and energy into not just trying to learn from my own, you know, failures and challenges and setbacks in life, but I've put a lot of effort and time into trying to be well-read on what it means to to live life as a man. <clears throat> the first thing that a lot of people make a mistake with is they try to group men and women into the same categories on some things. So life is much different as a man than it is as a woman. And so you have two different you have two different types of life there, right? Uh, it's not to say that there's not a lot in common. As a general rule, men and women are more alike than they are different. However, the the key thing to understand, the key thing to remember is that they're different enough that if they both try to live the same way, if they both try to succeed the same way, especially when it comes to dating, 
or when it comes to um, trying to be successful on the dating marketplace, when it comes to trying to start a family, right? Um, intergender dynamics, anything that has to do with mating with someone of the opposite gender in a in a successful fashion. Anything having to do with that is going to be different. Men and women have a very different set of steps I have to follow. This is very clear to me. This is very... This is very trustworthy advice, okay? A lot of people get it twisted. And they don't understand why. It's like, why does it have to be gendered? Um, good advice is good advice, right? That's not true all the time. Sometimes it's true, but there's a lot of advice that's going to be gendered. It has to be, or you're giving bad advice, right? So, for example, if you tell men, just try to be more likable. Try to be more desirable. Like, you know, try to be try to be the kind of person that people like more. You know, try to really make people feel good. That's actually not quite right. It's very good advice for a woman. But it's not actually very good advice for a man. That's not to say, and this is, how, this is what makes it even more complicated. That's not to say that that's entirely bad advice for a man across the board. But it's bad foundational advice. It's not what comes first. Right? Now why? Why does it matter? Why is it different? Well, the reason why it's different for men and women. Why life in the, you know, the, uh, the dating marketplace and mating and the great human mating dance. Like the reason why it's going to be a different experience for men and for women is because men and women have different motivations. Okay. They're trying to accomplish different things. And at the core, at the very core of this, you're going to find that the reason for this stems from a very basic fundamental difference, really one fundamental difference. Um, as far as I can tell, serves as the basis for, for all of that, all that is different. And it is, well, we're literally, we have different, uh, chromosomal, chromosomal makeup, right? Different types of chromosomes, different combinations of chromosomes. But this, but what this leads to is the difference in childbearing capacity and whether or not you are the one with the womb and the eggs or whether you're the one who creates the sperm, right? These are two very different experiences and they're two very different natural roles, okay? And because of, the, of those fundamental differences, we evolved to have different core um, evolutionary sexual programming. Men and women found that the plight to thrive, survive, and reproduce with with the equipment they were yeah, the equipment they were born with was uh, there were two different paths really because they come with different risks very different fundamental risks and the most basic risk right is the 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 risk that women 
put themselves at greater risk than men um, because if they get pregnant, they, you know, they, they put themselves at greater risk when they have sex or when they date because if they get pregnant, you know, that exacts a massive metabolic toll for the next nine months, right? Whereas for men, you know, it's not nearly as dangerous. If a man gets a woman pregnant, it doesn't necessarily, by default, exact any kind of metabolic toll on him. He doesn't have to, for example, nourish a baby inside his body for nine months, but she does. So this is why women's lives are more difficult, why they're more complicated. When I say difficult, that's not to say men don't have difficult lives too, but maybe difficult is the wrong way to say it. Maybe uh, it's better to say that women have a more complicated life, right? They have to be more strategic, and they are more strategic, and that manifests in their behavior, right? Now, I want to talk specifically about what it takes to succeed as a man in this world. That was kind of the whole point of this video. And so, what does this mean? Like, what should men take from this? Well, women's lives are more complicated. Why does it matter then, you know, that there's differences? And how should those differences manifest in our lives in an intentional way? How should we manifest our destiny taking this information into account? And uh, so the number one thing is very important to understand is that uh, men have a great deal of power in how things work, right? Um, so, and this is probably, I think, I think this is the most fundamental thing that men have to understand, and that sets the tone for everything else. This is why um, we understand concepts like, you know, for a man, you want to be stoic, you want to be strong, you want to be the kind of man who's, you know, powerful and formidable, right? The kind of man who's um, has control of his emotions. There are reasons for why there is pressure for men to to do this. And some people say, "Oh, toxic masculinity, telling men to not have feelings is bad." Blah blah blah. And then they'll say, "You know, it's a double standard." Men will say. This is a double standard, you know. Women seem like they're allowed to have feelings without being penalized, but men are not, right? Um, a woman can get uh, cheated on, and then the man will be a, a horrible, he'll be a horrible uh, person, you know. She'll be a victim. But then uh, it's it, it, it's happened so often that a woman will cheat on a man, but she'll make herself the victim, right, by saying, well, he, but I wouldn't have cheated on him if he would have treated me right. And then turning it around, right? And men will say, this is not fair, it's a double standard, and it is. But, so, the reason for why double standards seem to exist is because those core, fundamental instinctual components or behavior, they're peeking through while these double standards take place. The problem is that they're not fully formed and they're not actually they're not actually being cultivated to the highest degree of maturity. And that's what we have to do, right? So the the key is not to embrace double standards and, and make them okay. The key is to figure out how to truly live with with effectiveness as a man or as a woman, right? So for men, 
what I see as being the most fundamental difference and what one has to understand is that it's in a man's best interest. You might even say it's his responsibility to work very hard at creating value in his life, to create to create the resources, the situation, right? To create uh, the kind of environment that would facilitate safety and security for a tribe or a family or a, a circle. And there's a reason for why this is I, what I would say is the primary, the primary thing that men should be focused on is because women bring a certain amount of inherent baseline value to the marketplace in their ability to reproduce. This is a very special biological feature that men don't have. So what's the equivalent of this in men? Well, the equivalent of this in men is to perform a certain baseline level of, of work to create value in the world, which means to, um, to create resources and to solve problems that will facilitate greater survival. So the, the feminine has the ability to create the offspring, but the man must create an environment that facilitates the safe um, keeping and raising of this offspring. Right? This is the man's part of it. And this is partly why women want to choose good men to have children with. They don't just want, you know, they're selective maters. They don't just want any guy willy-nilly to knock them up. They want to find a man who's a good man to start a family with, right? And this is a good thing. The fact that women are selective maters is part of what's responsible for the fact that we've evolved as much as we have and that we're, we're so advanced as a species. It drove the development of our brain because the, the best specimens were selected. Women are unique in the in the animal kingdom, especially among among our closest primate relatives, because they're far more selective in their mate choices than most females are. And so it's a very good thing, right? So for, as men, we have a we have it's in our best interest to to try to be men of value, right? To be to be highly selectable, highly desirable. When I say desirable, I mean to be the types of men that if a woman were to select us, we would be a good choice for her. But in order to facilitate that, we have to create value. And we have to remember that that comes first and foremost, right? But a lot of men these days try to live like women. And what I mean by that is they're trying to get women to like them, trying to get a woman's attention, trying to get a woman to desire him. Their focus is on things like, well, how can I get women to like me more? How can I be more successful at getting girlfriends or getting women to sleep with me? Like, you know, how should I dress? You know, how can I be cooler? How can I be more attractive visually and all these things? Now, these things are not bad things to think about. However, men misunderstand that this isn't and should never be their primary mode of operation or their primary focus. Their primary focus should be on being effective men, high-value men who are going to generate resources and solve problems. Um, it could be said, you know, to, to chase excellence in your life should always come first as a man and then um, 
you shouldn't chase women. You chase excellence, you create excellence, and then women will want to join your life organically. It's just going to happen. And in my life, that's been proven to be incredibly true. Women are going to want to be a part of your life because you're a valuable man, right? But to be a man who prioritizes, you know, the generation of resources and the solving of problems and the the building of some kind of life infrastructure that will facilitate the safe safety of, you know, of offspring and, and the raising of a family, right? And by the way, if this sounds a lot like the traditional family value system, well, it's it's very much like that because the traditional family value system was based on very pertinent evolutionary instincts that were useful, right? Useful for facilitating a better survivability. People who try to say, oh, the patriarchy, patriarchy, um, women were oppressed for years. This is, this is not true. This is nonsense. Um, that's not to say that women were always treated the way they should be treated. Doubtlessly not, for sure. However, to say that to say that men have been a domineering force that have just controlled the world through tyrannical power is not true. Um, the fact of the matter is that the most successful men have been the most successful because they've been the most competent at creating value, right? This is the truth, by and large, by a massive margin. And this is a very important distinction to make because you don't create value necessarily by being more powerful. You cre- in fact, you create the potential to have any kind of power only through being competent. Competent at what? At creating value, generating resources and solving problems. Okay. So men are getting it wrong today because what they're not doing is they're not waking up and they're not chasing excellence. They're not waking up. Um, and I, and I got a shout out to Richard Cooper from the, from the YouTube channel, entrepreneurs and cars. If you have not checked out his channel, you should do so. And then he wrote a book called the unplugged alpha, um, that I did a book review of on my channel and, and it's a very good book. But, it, but the reason I got a shout out to Richard Cooper is because, um, he is the one that I heard that term from chase excellence, not women. Right. Um, and I agree, I agree with this and this is fundamentally what masculine frame is and men, in our age are suffering with masculine frame because well for there's there's many reasons you can't point any one particular reason but one of the reasons is because there's a push for men to live like women for men to care so much about being liked right that that, that they they sacrifice excellence and they just try to be liked they're trying to be nice guys right they're not trying to be formidable powerful men and we have to be formidable, powerful men. And oftentimes, that means we have to be willing to engage in conflict when it arises. We have to embrace the violence of what it means to be a man in this world. Being a man is not a peaceful, nice thing. It is not. Um, to be a peacemaker, you first have to be capable of, of making war. Because otherwise, you're not actually peaceful. You're just helpless. You're harmless. And you're you're going to be submissive to whoever is capable of creating unrest. And you're going to be afraid of the repercussions and you're going to fall in line, right? And this is a universal principle. 
that exists at every stage of the hierarchy, whether you're at your workplace or whether this is with family or whether this is, you know, in your your local city or whether, you know, we're talking about on a national scale, this is true, right? This is true globally. In every, in every power hierarchy and in every level of the hierarchy, this is the universal principle. But the reason men feel this way, that they feel like there's a need to want to be liked, right? To want to pursue desirability over competence. The reason for why this is because there's a great deal of pressure put on men to act like women. Because we live in a very feminized society. We live in a female-first social order. We live in a world that has been really... Where, where everyone has kind of had this idea that women women are better, women are superior. Why? Well, because they're peacemakers. Because they're not as aggressive. Because they're not as violent. They're beautiful to look at. They're very beautiful to look at. Everything about women is so delicate and lovely. And look at men. What are they? They're big, rugged, scary monsters, right? With, who have within them the capacity to do great, to do great violence, to to wage war, right? To be very conflict oriented, to be aggressive. Now, here's the thing. There are terrible men out there who are capable of terrible things, and they do them. But this is why the world needs good men who are capable of doing monstrous things but who choose to live in a controlled manner, to exercise kindness, to choose kindness, because there's something else to choose. Not because they're afraid of being punished for being, you know, for going against the grain, but because they care about the world. They care about their family. They care about the people they love. They don't want them to be hurt. They want them to be safe. And they're willing to do what it takes to ensure that. And sometimes that means you have to be a, well, there's a really good um, there's a really good metaphor. It's better to be a warrior in a garden than a gardener in a war, right? I'm a gardener. It's very useful in a garden. However, you put him in war and he's not effective because he's a gardener. He doesn't know how to use a sword, right? Um, however, so it's better to be a a warrior in a garden. It's better to know how to to accomplish war. It's it's better to know how to be formidable as a man, right? Um, and to choose peace voluntarily because, why? Because you see that peace is good. Peace facilitates survival of your young, the growth of your family, and thriving. Um, hopefully that'll be the, the rule rather than the exception. But see, the way that men, and, and I'm not necessarily saying that men have to go out and do violent things. Um, when I say that men's lives are inherently characterized by violence, what I mean is, Men's lives are inherently characterized by the the need to go out and accomplish things, to create, to generate resources, and to to create value in the world is is not just a benign passive task. You have to actually go out and solve problems and surmount obstacles and and meet and conquer challenges to do that. Right. So this is a very conflict oriented life. You have to go out and you've got to you've got to go out and you've got to find the resources and then you have to slay the monster 
protecting its resources, right? So this is what you do when you get a job. You know, you go out and you you, you see that there are some resources out there. There's a, there's a job that pays money. And so what do you have to do? Well, it's a challenge to get a job. You've got to clean yourself up and have a resume. And you have to put yourself together and get up on time and prove that you're somewhat responsible and, you know, have some kind of problem-solving skills. And you've got to have some value you can bring to the table. And so... So then th- these are all obstacles staying between you. So in a way, you have to conquer yourself, right, to go out there and be successful at that. But that's the monster. That's the dragon who's hoarding the treasure, and you have to slay it. Um, and that's, that is part of the violence of a man's life, right? Now, women have their own share of, of, of violence that they're going to encounter in their life, right? But, but see, the, the thing is, is that uh, women... Women are, how can I describe this? Women are much, have much a much greater vested interest in being nice, in being likable, right? Um, in being desired, highly desired, than, than men are. In, in a sense, this happens naturally because um, men do desire women for their child-rearing capabilities. This is something that men aren't capable of on their own, right? So women already have this built-in value, right? Men see them as very beautiful. Women can capitalize on this value by making themselves even more beautiful. This is why women wear makeup, right? Why do women wear makeup and men don't tend to wear makeup? Now, some men do wear makeup, but um, women make themselves appear very beautiful, right? They, they, They put a lot of time and effort into looking nice. And a lot of people will say, oh, that's just society. No, 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 no. That's not just society. There's an instinct at work. Women, it's in a woman's best interest to give herself every opportunity to be beautiful and desirable as she can. Why? Because then highly desirable, high-value men who have created an amazing, safe place to raise children will see her and he will think, oh, she's beautiful. I want her. And and he then he will he'll want to make children with her and he'll want to invest in those children and protect them. Why? Because she's so beautiful. Um, it's not just that simple. There's a lot of instincts and there's a lot of other things to go with it, but I'm talking about um, some of the primary building blocks. You can't break all this down in one conversation. And it would be f- safe to say that, um, to be really honest, one of the primary ways that the masculine experiences beauty in this life is through the feminine, right? However, in order for the man to attract the eye of the feminine, for him to be selected by a woman, um, he has to create some kind of value. She's not going to make children with a deadbeat. Or she she might, but it's not in her best interest. And that's a woman with no vetting skills. That's another thing we see in this world is women who are, they have instincts, but they're not trained to vet and choose high-value men. So that's another thing I try to do in my coaching, to, to try to help women understand how to choose high-value men and spot them and how to vet them and how to make sure that they're actually good men who are worth the investment. So, closing thoughts. Men, if you want to live as a successful man in this world, you have to, you have to be stoic. You've got to be strong. You have to let go of the desire to be liked. And you've got to replace it with a desire to create value. And when you're successful at creating value in the world, you will also be liked. You'll be highly sought after. You'll be desired for, for all of the, the resources you create. And you'll be desired for all of the problems you help to solve. But never for one moment make the mistake of thinking that you're going to get by on your merits just being a human. 
It's not enough to be selected. Um, I'm not trying to say that humans don't have individual inherent value in like some kind of moral sense, but moral uh, value doesn't pay the bills or get you selected on the dating marketplace, right? The only thing that accomplishes that for men is creating value and being a high value man. And that's what men are missing. And, and that's hard. That's a hard struggle. It's, you, you've got to be in control. You have to be in control of your life. You've got to be strong enough that you can deal with things, right? In a way, you've got to be the bulwark that shields the feminine from, from the storms and from the other, the other monsters out there that would seek to do her harm, right? This is the metaphor of beating the beast. There's a metaphor there where the, the beast is this monstrous, you know, frightening creature, but, but through her beauty... And, you know, her being so desirable and delightful, she, she kind of tames him and, and he comes to like her. And so he wouldn't want to hurt her, but he wants to hurt anyone who might want to hurt her. And that gives her a great deal of safety. He also is a creature of wealth and power and he generates resources and solve problems. So, you know, his children would be very safe with, you know, if, if she has children with him, she can be pretty sure that those children are going to be safe because they're being protected by by this very capable, formidable creature, right? This is the metaphor, and that's why we that's why we see it as as being so interesting. Why it strikes a chord is like a romantic idea. Romance romance is the manifestation of of mating instincts, and it's like the it's like the feeling that that pulls us toward those behaviors, right? All right, it's going to be it for this one. Go with grace, my friends. Never give up your power. This is Josh Segafa signing off. Thank you for listening. Make sure to visit www.joshuasegafas.com. Catch you on the flip side. 